Hey guys, it's Dr. Poland here from Superior Chiropractic and Rehab Radio. I just want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting our channel and listening to all the great content that we have coming out. Because our goal here is to help every community stay active, strong, and healthy without prescription drugs or surgery. And so bringing these guests on is going to help us accomplish that goal. Now to help further support our channel so we can spread the message to more people, I would really appreciate it if you could hit that like and subscribe button on our page to make sure that one, you get notifications of when a new episode drops and you can share it to your friends and family. So thanks so much. We so appreciate your support. Now, I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks so much. Hey everyone, it is Dr. Pullen here from Superior Chiropractic and Rehab, and I have one of my very, very special guests who I met while I was out in chiropractic school, and she would always come by the house and hang out with all of us all the time, and she is just brilliant when it comes to the idea of nutrition. I want to introduce everyone to Christina. Hey, Christina, how are you? Hi, Brad. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, thanks so much for joining us on this early morning podcast. I know it's eight o'clock in your neck of the woods, so you're probably just getting ready for your day. So I won't take up much of your time, but if you don't mind, um, before we get rocking and rolling, can you kind of just introduce yourself and what you do for your community? Yeah, for sure. I'd love to. Um, so like Brad said, my name's Christina. I am a registered dietitian. I am currently based in New York, in Queens, New York, particularly, um, and I wear a couple different hats in my community. So I am a full-time clinical dietitian. So I work at a hospital out here in Queens full-time um, in an inpatient setting. I work at a level one trauma center. So I am, you know, I have my hands full with a lot of different things. I work with um, patients in the ICU. I cover a surgical unit and a rehab unit. So I'm working with a lot of patients that have just had a stroke um, and are being rehabilitated, working with PTOT, like all these different um, teams. And so, you know, I just make sure that they're doing okay nutritionally. Um, a lot of them, you know, have trouble eating and are getting back to being able to chew and to swallow properly. So I, you know, work with them and making sure that they're meeting their needs. Um, on my surgical floor, I have a lot of patients that can't eat by mouth and I am managing their tube feeds, um, or their, you know, artificial nutrition. Um, and then I also work part-time for a eating disorder private practice. So I'm working with a lot of young women who are struggling with disordered eating or full-blown eating disorders and are in recovery. Um, and so I, I wear a little bit of more of a holistic hat in the evenings when I work with those clients. Um, I am a certified intuitive eating counselor. So I use a lot of my intuitive eating knowledge um, kind of sprinkled throughout my entire day. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. There you go. Yeah, you're not kidding. You are a busy bee. You're wearing a ton of hats all the time. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you know what? I, I've actually learned a couple of things just by your introduction especially with dietitians in the hospital setting. Um, a couple of months ago, I had another gal um, who's a registered dietitian. Her name, her name is Sarah Valling, and she's in my neck of the woods. And we work together quite a lot. And she's, she's just brilliant, just like you are. And, you know, she's in private practice. And she was like, there's this new sphere of like what dietitians can really do with their degree. And it's really, really expand expanding into different areas like you're saying the private practice networking the hospital setting um is, has has that been something that's been new or has that always been the case for registered dietitians 
I think that's a good point you bring up. It's it's definitely been around like the private practice sector. I think it hasn't been really talked about, especially like, you know, when we go through school, it's pretty standard. Like this is what you do when you get out of school. Like you work in the hospital or you work in food service or you, you know, there's like three things that you can do. And I think as the years have gone by and especially in the last decade or so, a lot of people are breaking into a lot of new like worlds in the nutrition world. There is so much that we can do as registered dietitians that wasn't taught to us like on paper. Um, and it's really honestly inspiring seeing all these people break into all these different roles and seeing how many things I can do. Um, and I've loved working in the private practice world. It was something that I knew I wanted to do, you know, a couple years ago when I was in school and never really knew how to branch into. And once I kind of got my foot in the door, it was, I mean, like you said, like it's a whole new world. Um, but to answer your question, I don't think it's new, but I think there's been a lot of new things going on in the last decade. Yeah. And that kind of leads into one of my very first questions I always like to ask folks, because I mean, of course, I'm not a dietitian and I'm always learning from folks like you and Sarah and who are, who are other dietitians in our community. What would you say is probably the most common myth in your field of expertise? Yeah, I think one of the most common myths, I think, is people hear I'm a dietitian and they think, okay, she's going to tell me what to eat and she's going to tell me how to lose weight. And that is, that's all she's got going on for her. And I know that because that happens to me. Like I tell people I'm a dietitian that I meet like randomly out or, you know, on the street or whatever. And they're like, oh, okay. Can you tell me what to eat to lose weight? And I, it's hard because I don't, that's not my expertise. In fact, I don't take a weight centric approach. I, like I said, I'm an intuitive eating certified counselor and my, the practice I work for is very holistic and we take a very holistic and sustainable and structured approach. And if you lose weight as a side effect of healing your relationship with your body, great, but I will not help you lose an X amount of weight in an X amount of time. And I'm very upfront with that with my clients, like on a discovery call, I will tell you that point blank. If you come here for me to help you lose weight in X amount of time, this isn't the place for you. And so I think like, it's a really common misconception that people think of, you know, dietitians, oh, she's going to tell me what to eat. She's going to tell me how to lose weight. And like our work goes far beyond that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I hear what you're saying because even, and I'm sure I mean, this happens with a lot of other folks in different sectors too, that like they want like a cookie cutter approach with something like losing weight with nutrition and the body is just so complex. It's never a yes or no answer. It's, it's always a thousand shade of gray per se, because everyone's hormones are different. Everyone's lifestyle is different and all that plays into an effect with not just weight, but also nutrition. Um, so with that being said, you've probably had quite a bit, of, quite a few challenges kind of expressing that to a lot of your clients um you know what's been your game plan and i know you mentioned about on the discovery call you you're very transparent and you say hey this is kind of what it is if you're looking for this we're just not the great facility for you provider for you you know what's been your strategy for overcoming a lot of those objections yeah i think one of the biggest things is and this also kind of goes along with like one of my biggest challenges is like preaching the sustainability approach and helping my clients create like a solid foundation for long-term habit changes. 
And I do this by like, we create a plan, right? Like we are providing specific tools for stress management. Self-compassion is a huge thing, like self-confidence, nervous system regulation, right? We talk about all of those things before we even like dive into the, you know, what are you eating? Um, Because it's so important to get all of those things in check before we talk about, you know, how you're eating and your movement. And, and that's another thing, right? Like we, we try to ditch the diet mentality and try to ditch, you know, moving for punishment um, very early on and, you know, talking about all of those things in a sustainable approach and in a sustainable long-term way. Um, yeah, I hope that answered your question. No, and it, it absolutely did. And that was one thing that, I mean, you can speak to it much more than I can, but there is a significant psychological aspect to food and nutrition. Like whenever I have a client who's talking to me about wanting to lose weight, and I'm really fortunate to have this at my disposal is that right next door to me is a psychologist and a counseling center. And then right next door to me too is a dietitian. So I'm like blessed to have those resources. And we work together all the time because from what you're saying, I mean, yeah, there is the physiological component, the body weight, not the cookie cutter approach, but also, you know, your lifestyle, how you view food, how you view your body, the really significant psychological approach to it. And you need kind of that background to help people out in that realm, especially in your private practice sector. Um, Can you kind of elaborate more on, you know, with the private practice sector and how tying into that psychological aspect into nutrition and healing? healing? Because I know a lot of people, they don't view it as like some sort of psychological condition that might affect their eating or their nutrition altogether. Yeah, absolutely. It's, they're absolutely tied together. And firstly, I think it's so awesome that you have a dietitian and a psychologist, like use those to your disposal. That's amazing. Um, And I'm sure you guys have built like a great referral network, but I almost never see a client who isn't also seeing a therapist, Um, especially in my private practice role. I mean, I'm working with a lot of young women who are like having full-blown eating disorders, or at least you know, are struggling with some form of disordered eating and eating disorders are psychological. Um, You know, so it's really tough for me to work with a client if they're not seeing a therapist, if they're not, you know, learning coping mechanisms and, you know, nervous system regulation in the form of, you know, stress relief for their anxiety and stress and other maybe psychological symptoms that they're experiencing. I, you know, I sometimes play therapist in my calls, but I am not a therapist, right? I'm educated and experienced in nutrition and in eating disorder recovery and in body image healing and in, you know, the intuitive eating framework. And I can talk about all those things all day long. However, you know, this, the psychological perspective is also so important. And that component mixed with mine is what, you know, heals these people. And we work together, right? I, I talk to my clients, therapists, pretty much on a weekly basis, if not on a bi-weekly basis. Um, you know, we, it goes hand in hand. It's, it's so, so important. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I'm, I'm really, really proud of, not just what you're doing, but also as a society, we're starting to have that mental health awareness. It's not this like dogma or stigma that we hush hush, we can't talk about it now. Like we fully embrace it. And I think that's going to really help transition our country into becoming more health food conscious Instead of going for more convenience, we're trying to go for more like healthy options that's going to help us in the long run. And I just love the fact that you're tying that into your practice. Not a whole lot of folks are doing that. And that's really, really admirable. I'd love to see that. Um, So let me ask you this, because 
I mean, it's, it's crazy. Cause I was talking to my wife a couple of um, days ago. Cause I was mentioning that you're going to be on the podcast and she's like, I don't think I've seen Christina in like almost two years, three years. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's right. It's that's so weird. Right. That's so crazy to think that, know. Um, y- you know, cause we've been out of school for almost that long. And, you know, you've been working for quite some time. You were even working when you were in school as well at, at the hospital here in town. Um, and you've probably had a couple of students probably come by and shadow you kind of pick your brain, get to know a little bit more about the profession. Cause you know, they may be thinking about going down that route for their career. If you had to give one piece of advice to someone starting out in your field, what would be that piece of advice to someone who's shadowing you, trying to get to know more about you? Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, we, I get interns all the time at the hospital. It's part of our curriculum. It's part of, you know, becoming a registered dietitian is we have to have 1200 supervised hours, which a lot of people don't know, um, which I could talk about that all day long. It takes a lot to become a dietitian. Um, But yes, we go through an internship. You have to go through supervised hours. So I get students all the time at the hospital. Um, And I think, and I have said this to a lot of them, you know, because I, I wished somebody had said it to me. Um, is go through all of the motions. Like you have to immerse yourself in every single experience you, and we are privileged enough to have to do this through our internship is you have to do a certain number of hours in clinical, a certain number of hours in community, a certain number of hours in food service. And you may like dread some of these. Like I re- I remember really dreading like being in the, in the kitchen, in the hospital. I did not want to be anywhere in the food service world. It was not for me. I like knew what I wanted to do and the path that I wanted to take. But I remember learning so many things that I wouldn't have learned if I hadn't been in that role. Um, and then same with, you know, like my first job post-graduation, it maybe wasn't my top pick, but I learned so much. And so I think it's so important for you to immerse yourself into all of these different, you know, roles before you can really decide what it is you want to do. And I, I kind of touched on this a little bit before, but there are so many things that you can do as a dietitian. And it's, it's really like, we have the privilege of being able to kind of wear different hats. And so it's, it's so important to like, do all of those things before you really settle into your, into your role. Yeah. And and, and that's something that I really appreciate from what you said, because even for what, with one of my great mentors, um, you know, he had a really bad experience and had a really great experience. And he said, he learned a lot. He learned what to do and what not to do. So even if you go through an experience and you know, it's not going to be your cup of tea at the end of the day, you can definitely take something away from it that you can apply it to your personal practice. Um, I kind of want to touch back on something that you mentioned about how, you know, dietitians go through a 1200 hour internship, which is just, oh, that's outrageous. That's a lot of education and time spent. And yeah. the public doesn't know that. And I can tell you a quick story. I actually had someone in my office yesterday and we were doing a new patient consultation and they were like, yeah, I have low, low bone density. Uh, my, my doctor says I need to be on calcium and, and phosphorus and all this different stuff. And and I, and they were asking me questions about like, what should I take? And I'm like, this is just out of my realm. You know, I, you should go see, you should go see this dietitian. And they were like, I have a nutritionist. I don't need to see them. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. There is a huge difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist. And since you're a dietitian, I mean, you definitely know the difference between that. Would you mind elaborating on the educational requirements you need to become a dietitian? Yeah, I'd love to. So a nutrition, the term nutritionist isn't regulated. Um, you can call yourself a nutritionist. The patient that you had yesterday sitting in your office could call themselves a nutritionist. 
Joe Schmo can call himself a nutritionist. Like it is not a regulated term. Um, in order to be a registered dietitian, you have to first go through an undergraduate degree and have a number of prerequisites, including like biology, chemistry, biochemistry, organic chemistry, all of these science courses that give us our foundation, in addition to a lot of nutrition courses. Um, you then have to apply to be in a dietetic internship. And the way that this works is similar to how residency works for doctors. Um, so we apply to these programs and then they essentially rank us and we are put into an algorithm and there's a match day, just like there is for residents. We get an email at on a specific time on match day and it tells us you matched or you didn't match. And there's actually a 50% match rate, which is extremely low. So there's a 50% chance that you won't match to your, your preferred program. Um, and in fact, I didn't match on match day. Um, and so the day after match day is called scramble day. And there are all these programs that haven't filled all of their slots because remember it's, it's an algorithm. So, you know, not all the slots get filled and they say, Hey, you know, we have a couple spots you can apply, which is how I ended up in St. Louis. I applied to all of these programs. I got accepted into one and I, you know, found my way moving to St. Louis. Um, you know, so then you, you do your 1200 hours. And I was fortunate enough to be in a program that was a combined master's program with a dietetic internship. Um, which is another step to becoming a dietitian. Come 2024, that is also a requirement is to have your master's degree. Luckily, I was grandfathered in. I mean, I have my master's degree, but you know, my generation, some of some people don't, but we were grandfathered in. In 2024, it's a requirement to have your master's degree to sit for the RD exam. So that is the final step to becoming a dietitian. Once you've completed your 1200 supervised hours, you have all of these courses under your belt, um, you then have to sit for a board examination. And once you've passed that, you are a dietitian. So yeah, that's all the steps. Yeah, that's pretty rigorous. And holy cow, I I, I I always thought that it was just the undergraduate degree, the internship. And that internship was kind of like funneled into your undergraduate program. It wasn't like a separate master's degree or anything else like that. And the fact that you guys have to eventually get a master's degree, I mean, I know you said you're grandfathered in, but the folks who are going through the system now, by 2024, you have to have that piece of paper, essentially, kind of gives you guys a little bit more credibility than, like you said, the Joe Schmo who just says, oh, I search up on WebMD, you need to have this for X, Y, and Z. So I really appreciate that. It gives you guys a lot more credibility behind what you guys are saying, and we definitely need that in this information age. Because, I mean, you can type in nutrition advice on YouTube and you have no idea if it's good or bad. Exactly. And I think, you know, it's also important to note that there are a lot of good nutritionists that have gone through, you know, maybe some of the coursework in their undergraduate degree. Maybe they have a degree in nutrition and never went through all of the steps to become a registered dietitian because it's rigorous and it's expensive. You know, you pay for the internship. We are doing 40 hours of work for, you know, X amount of months and we are paying them. I'm not, I didn't get paid to work in the hospital. Um, you know, so it's, it's an expensive, it's an expensive degree. So there, you know, that is to say that there are some really great nutritionists that know their stuff. However, you know, it's important to know who you're working with. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree with you more because for me, I mean, my thing is, is credibility for anything. You know, I'm not going to send someone to put my name behind that referral if I don't think that they have one, the educational requirements and two, the credibility to actually what they're saying is legit. And I just love the fact that you really stand behind that motion. So what was it? You've been in school for quite a, quite some time. Holy cow. And then you've been in private practice and working in the hospital setting too. 
Um, during all of that time, you've had to have come across just people that you really admire and look up to. What would you say, who would you say is probably your most important and influential professional mentor? Yeah, I love this question. Um, and you're right. I've been through, you know, like so many different inspirational people that have helped me like come to the point where I'm at. Um, and I would say my, my most, you know, inspirational mentor is Katie Cordino. She's my current boss and an amazing friend and an amazing mentor. Um, she is the founder of Full Soul Nutrition, which is the private practice that I work for. And she, you know, took me under her wing almost two years ago and, you know, has taught me a lot of the things that I know. She, you know, introduced me to the intuitive eating framework. I had known about it before. I had read the book. I was really interested in that sort of, you know, um, framework in the nutrition world, but she really, um, pushed me to, you know, get my certification to be a certified intuitive eating counselor. Um, she taught me a lot of, you know, the holistic and other like healing modalities that we use. She's huge on breath work. Um, so we, you know, we have a lot of fun together and she, she's just an amazing practitioner. Oh, that's phenomenal. I'm going to have to definitely look up her Instagram handle or just her website just to learn more about her. Cause I'm always trying to build my network too. And just trying to learn folks like that, who are in that mindset of like the holistic side of things. Cause nowadays, I mean, everybody wants that quick fix. You know, if they have pain, they want an opioid pill or they want surgery. They don't want to essentially have to put in the work to get a long-term better solution. And that really seems like what your mentor is really trying to advocate is saying, Hey, we need to take this holistic whole body approach on how we can help your body heal at its best and fullest capacity, which I just love to see. Um, I know I'm taking up a lot of your time, especially on this Friday morning, which I know is really early in your neck of the woods. So I, I only got three more quick questions for you and then I'll let you sneak out for the day. Um, we've kind of touched on it already, especially with the new mandate curriculum achievements that you need to have to become a dietitian with that master's degree, the 1200 hours of an internship, just to have that great credibility, like I mentioned. Um, what are some other changes in your profession that you're most proud of? Yeah, I think, you know, we touched on this a little bit and I think it kind of all like goes hand in hand, but I think just the you know, the progress that we've made in moving away from such a weight centered approach, and there's still like so much work to be done. So many people are still pushing for like quick fixes for weight loss. I'm sure you've seen in your world, like there's a lot going on with like Ozempic being used for weight loss and some, you know, medications being used, but we have made like a ton of progress kind of moving away from that sort of approach. Um, and I think that's something to be really, really proud of in my, in my career and in my, you know, in the nutrition and like health world. Good. I, I love to hear that. And that's really huge too, is, I mean, another thing I, I, I love to mention too, is that dietitians really work hand in hand with other professionals too. Um, at least for me, whenever I have someone who comes in with a pain issue, I'm really great at treating like mechanical pain, but if it's like an inflammation or that kind of pain response, a dietitian is going to be so much more valuable to that kind of client than I would be any day of the week. And so that's one thing I'm really proud of, but you guys do as well is that you can also help out in that realm too. Um, so, I mean, I tell you, Christina, every time I talk to you, I feel like I learned something new and I just absolutely love it. Um, but I'm really, and I'm, and I'm sure the audience is thinking the same thing. We're learning a lot about you know, Christina, the dietitian in the hospital setting, the private practice setting, what you do for your community and how you help everyone stay active, strong and healthy with using food as a resource. Um, let's learn. I want to learn more about the person as well. 
Um, so if I ask you what your top three podcasts would be, what would they be and why? I love this question. I, and I have to admit, I was not a podcast person for a very long time. I really disliked them. Um, it, I could just never get behind them. I'm much more of like a reading a hardcover book kind of girl. Um, but I've recently been trying to listen to them more, especially because I, I commute, I take the subway in New York. And so I have a good amount of time in the morning where I'm, you know, just sitting on the train doing nothing. Um, and so I either, you know, I try to read, but sometimes, sometimes I'll listen to a podcast. Um, and first and foremost, I, I have to shout out Katie's, uh, my mentor's podcast is called called Holeful and Alive. And it's wonderful. She talks a lot about just like her personal experience. It's, there's a little bit of nutrition in there, but it's really not nutrition based at all. She has similar to your podcast, Brad, she has a lot of, um, you know, other types of professions on there. You know, she has like body image coaches and like financial advisors, um, you know, so it's, it's really wonderful. And she talks a lot about like her personal life and her breakups and her, you know, just it's, it's wonderful. Um, so first that's my top pick. Um, second, I love the Huberman lab podcast. I don't know if you've heard of that one. I mean, it's pretty popular in the science world. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I know it very well. It's, it's an awesome podcast. Yeah. So if I, if I want to learn something, I think I go there. Um, and he's great, Dr. Huberman. So, you know, that one's a really great, like educational one. If you're looking for something in, you know, to learn more about science and nutrition and health and fitness. I mean, I think that's like such a great podcast to start with. Um, and then the third one would be, it's called, we can do hard things with Glennon Doyle. She wrote the book untamed. Um, and it's another just really great, like motivational, um, inspirational podcast she just talks about like hard things in life and how to deal with them and it's it's really great I love to hear that that's awesome I actually I just looked up whole full and alive podcast and I'm really excited to start listening to some of that because I was kind of I was going through some of the episodes already and some of the topics just on the little headliners it's I mean it already has my attention so I'll be reading that not reading it listening to it today on my commute back home so Thanks for that recommendation. I love it. You're welcome. Um, I hope you love it. Pardon me? I said, you're welcome. I hope you love it. Oh, definitely. Um, okay. So I also, I, I know you said that you're more of the kind of gal that's going to read cover to cover on a book. What would be your top three books? Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm a total girl. Like I love anything like Colleen Hoover. Um, I just finished It Ends With Us and It Starts With Us. So I love those types of books. Um, and you can catch me reading those mainly. So like fictional, you know, girly books. Um, <laughs> and then I I love the intuitive eating book. I've read it cover to cover several times. Um, and if you haven't heard of it, you should totally read it. It's great. It's written by two dietitians and they kind of created the intuitive eating framework. So it's, it's wonderful. Um, and then I love Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album, probably one of my my top 10 books. It's such a quick and easy read. You can get through it within like a couple hours. Um, and I recommend it to pretty much everyone. Awesome. Awesome. I'm definitely gonna have to look up some of those books and especially the intuitive eating one. I, I mean, I'm always trying to learn and I know it's something that I'll probably never actually apply to my practice because it's just out of my wheelhouse and I don't have the exact credentials to practice that, but I'm always trying to learn to help people guide them in the right direction. So I love that. Absolutely. Well, well, Christina, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy uh, Friday morning to talk to us. Um, if people who are listening to this and they want to learn a little bit more about you and what you do and your private practice, um, what's a good way that they can reach out to you? 
Yeah, you can always find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is Christina CRD. Um, sorry, I just had to look that up to make sure that was right. Christina CRD. <laughs> um, you can always DM me on Instagram or, you know, find me there. And you can also find the link to the Full Soul Nutrition page um, in my bio there. And you can always send us a message through there if you're interested in working with us. Um, but yeah, I would say Instagram is probably the best place to reach me. Okay. Sounds great. I love it. Well, Hey everyone. I really, I really appreciate, uh, Christina, you coming on to this podcast and just talking to me and, you know, educating the masses about nutrition. Cause I, I we always need more of it. And I feel like there's just not enough information out there for people to know. Um, so thank you so much for hopping on and I really appreciate it. And that's going to be all today, folks. Thanks again for listening to another episode of superior chiropractic and rehab radio. Have a great day. Thanks for having me, Brad. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Poyne here again. I so appreciate you listening to our podcast. I know you probably got a lot out of it that you can help implement into your day-to-day activities and lifestyle. So like I said before, I would really appreciate you to help support our channel as we grow to go into other communities so we can achieve our goal of making sure everyone is active, strong, and healthy without prescription drugs or surgery. So how we're going to do that is that by going to our page, hitting like and subscribe so you get notifications and when a new episode drops, and you can help share it to your friends and family. So this is Dr. Poland. Thanks again for listening. I so appreciate it. Have a great day.